Welcome to Second Opinion, the reviews show here on the Nexus. I am Brian Mitchell. And I am Aaron Braggins. And today we will talk about the 2018 iPad Pro. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode at thenexus.tv slash SO58. So Aaron, you have a new iPad. Now, But just to set the stage, which size did you get? Uh, I got the uh, 11-inch iPad Pro uh, in 64 gigs. Uh, okay. Mostly because it was the cheapest one I could possibly get. Uh, because I know that I'm going to want a new one in the future. That's You know, that's smart thinking. I, I always go for the, you know, I'm going to get the second size up just in case I want to put a lot of video on here or some stupid reason that never ends up becoming true. Yeah. But, uh, that, that exactly why I did what I did. I, I tested this with the iPhone 10. I'm like, yeah, but I take a lot of photos. I do a lot of video. I never use the space. Yeah. I use, I usually, I've always gotten the, not the cheapest, but the one above that for my iPhone. Way back since the iPhone 4, I got the 32, and then I had, what was the 5? I think 32 again, and then 64, and then 128. Now I have the 256, and I use up to about half of the storage, mm. which is a little more than comfortable for when you have half as much storage. You don't want to ride on the edge. but Right. But enough about the iPhone. <laughs> iPad... 11 inch ipad pro uh yeah i like it quite a bit um i use it primarily as my house device the one i travel around with so it gets a lot of abuse yet are you are you like sitting on the couch sitting in a chair bed do you put it in a stand or hold it or all of the above. Uh, we have stands in the kitchen. We have stands, uh, like right now, it's in between my monitor and my keyboard, uh, you know, propped up on a stand. Um, yeah. Yeah, I find, I so I have the 2016 iPad Pro 9.7 inch, mm-hmm. and I find I usually, I'm holding it or it's in a little stand. Yep. Sometimes I have a TV episode or YouTube playing while I'm cooking. Yep. Um, Otherwise, I sit and just catch up on the internet, usually. Yeah. Uh, I never use uh, a case, like a folio case. Um, I want to... That's one of the reasons I was hoping uh, you or Brandon had an iPad so I could ask you, do you have a folio case? Um, I was kind of nervous about buying the $200 version from Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a commitment. Yeah. So you have the one with the keyboard in it? Uh, no, I actually. Or it's, it's the. It, all I bought as accessory was the pen, or okay. the pencil. Sorry. Yeah. Um. And I. What I did with my previous iPad is I had a Logitech keyboard, that you know Bluetooth keyboard. It sat on top of. Um, and I was I'm tempted to try the folio case with the keyboard, but. Uh, I'm kind of waiting to see if there's third party that comes out that is a better keyboard. Yeah, I've heard the Bridge keyboard is being developed right now, and that should be for sale this spring. And I know that's been a favorite third party keyboard for the iPad Pro for the last couple of years. Yeah, yep. And I think the pre-order sold out 
Like, okay. I think they were going to be early spring, and all the pre-orders sold out. Wow. Yeah. So well, I'm sure there'll be other options as well. Like I've right. I've always wondered, should I just buy a super cheap Bluetooth keyboard and just use that a little bit? But yeah, at that point, if I'm going to be using a keyboard to type, I'll just use a MacBook. So uh, in this new iPad, there are a few hardware changes from previous iPads. Actually, let's first say, where did you have an iPad before getting this one? Uh, I did. I had a iPad Air two, um, and I think that was twenty fourteen is when it got its FCC approval. Okay, so probably somewhere in there. October, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I mean, one of the reasons. I skipped the Pro and the 10.5. Is it? It just worked. I mean, standard scenario. It did. It was fast enough. It did everything I needed. Um, but when I saw the 10.5, the previous generation iPad Pro, I was really tempted um, by just the big the screen, 120 hertz when it was playing video or anything in motion. Um, but I, for some reason, I missed the release date. I didn't jump on it, but when this one came out, I was kind of like, I'm done. I need something a little faster. Yeah. And this is definitely, I, I think, I mean, it's, uh, kind of the first major hardware redesign of the iPad in years and years, almost since the original, I would say. I, I would say since the original, I mean, the air was really the just made it slimmer but it still had the front uh iconic design with the you know fingerprint reader and everything like that yeah and that like one inch bezel around the whole side and the curved aluminum on the back mm-hmm. um so do, do you find the new square edges are make it difficult to pick up and use or is that not really a, a factor for you um i don't really notice it to be honest. Um, so what you're talking about is it is a new design, a new form factor, um, square edges, not rounded, um, bezel-less. Uh, I find that I can pick it up, again, no case, I can pick it up off the table relatively easy. Um, but generally, I think I hold it off a table so I can grab it. So like maybe like a quarter of it is sitting off the table you know kind of hanging there and i can pick it up but majority of the time i set it down in a stand at night and it's got it gets plugged in and i pick it up and go um but uh yeah yeah my 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 ipad just kind of sits i keep it on my bedside table usually and it's a little large for the area I have dedicated mm-hmm. to it, so it always hangs over a little bit too. Yeah, I would also say it it feels lighter um, without comparing like the weight, but I think it's just because I've become used to it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's is it the thinnest iPad Apple's made? I know it's thinner than the iPhones these days. It is the thinnest iPad they make or they have made. Um. But it's also got the biggest screen that they've ever made in both. Well, no, not in the 12-inch. 
um, that's the same size as last generation, but in the um, in the small form factor, it's the largest screen that they've made. Yeah, so like in the 11 inch, they filled the old case size with a larger screen, and in the 12 inch, they kept the screen and made the case a little smaller around the. Yep, they screen. shrunk the bezels in that one. Yeah, so um, part of the shrinking of bezels is a removal of the home button and touch ID, and instead you have face ID. So how is that? Um, so face ID works. When it works, it's amazing. Um, and I would say it works probably 75% of the time. Um, the 25% of the time, your, your hand's covering the camera. So like... The camera is at the top of the iPad when you're looking at it in portrait. In landscape, it's on the side. And if you're right-handed or left-handed, depending on your how you hold your iPad, generally the camera is covered by one of your hands. And even, like, I, I'm... I want to say it's probably more than 25%, but it, it's a truly about that it just feels like it's more is it points this little arrow saying hey by the way you're covering the camera move your hand and you gotta fumble around and like move your hand and then at that point it would have taken less time to just use touch id right it's kind of a that's kind of provides a reference point too yep yep i I feel like the camera would kind of get hidden and you lose track of which side it's on if you flip it around a lot right Right, and if you don't have like uh, the pencil on it to kind of indicate where the quote-unquote top is, you know. So like, I I came from the iPhone uh, 10 with the uh, Face ID, and I thought that was just the most amazing piece of kit for a phone. And I'm like, every time I'd go to my iPad, I would just sit there and stare at it and say, "Why is this not working?" Right, yeah, like. I'm- I'm the same way with my iPad. It's just like uh, okay, I have to change how I'm holding it to authenticate this action. And yeah. Right. Right. And then you're like, "Oh, I can touch it." And it, it it it's it is faster. Where this one I I wanted it to work like the iPhone did, where you just grab it and it unlocks. But there's so many times where it just doesn't work as graceful as an Apple product should work. Um Again, I don't know how to fix it. Maybe have two cameras, one at the top, one on the side, that can quickly hand off. But that's, like, the one thing that I wanted this thing to do the most, it actually kind of fails at. Um, hmm. But it works. Like, if you are if you have it in portrait mode, it's always going to unlock because you're never, you're never covering the camera. But if you use it as a laptop or a tablet that you're going to be typing on looking at grabbing you're kind of grabbing the camera area because the bezel is so thin yeah, um, you have you have to hold it somehow and right. it happens to be that that's right where you want to hold it right yeah i wonder if they if they would move the camera more towards a corner if that would help but maybe that ruins the aesthetic and you know um symmetricalness of the design as well Potentially. So, like, looking at it when the... the, Because the camera's in the bezel. You wouldn't even see the camera if it was put up in the corner or something like that. Because the bezel really, truly 
hides it. Okay. Yeah. Because there's like a quarter inch, right, all around compared to the one inch that it was before. And I have a black. I don't know if they make a white-faced iPad Pro, but I have the black bezel. I've always had space gray, so, you know, like a white bezel has never been in my purview. I'm going to actually look it up to see if they have a white bezel. Yeah, I'm curious not to. My my 2016 iPad is white, and so it uh, you definitely see where the camera is. Looking on Apple's site, it's all black. Yeah. I feel like kind of with the uh, iPhone ten and ten S as well, it comes in multiple colors, but the face I think is still black because they try to make it, you know, the seamless switch from screen to side of the phone and Right. Right. And a white bezel would actually hide that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's just in black. Yeah, but again the camera's suitable. Uh, you know, I haven't taken any video or pictures with it because primarily I do that with my iPhone. Um, yeah. But like setup, and anyone with an Apple product kind of knows how setting up these devices just, it's almost, it's super seamless. You just walk up to your existing device, have it close and says, do you want to transfer all your information? You click one button and boom, it's set up. It's super slick, yeah. Yeah, and then basically going into the bezels, um, you know, from Face ID, comparing it to the the old iPad, you just have less area to kind of grip the iPad and hold on to the iPad. But I, they've done really good, uh, what I would say, palm rejection and, you know, finger detection that isn't... Uh, like a pointing or navigation, um, the multiple finger rejection when you're kind of holding it. I haven't run into any real goofy uh, scenarios that you would think uh, would come up when you're trying to hold it and type with one hand or, you know, swipe or navigate with one hand while you're holding the the iPad. Yeah. Yeah, it's always been pretty good for me, too. Yeah, I'm thinking how I hold my iPad, and I definitely use that like one inch bezel a lot to, for my thumb. Yeah, and it can fill that whole area. But so we talked about Face ID, the bezels, no home button. How are the the gestures of without the home button? Is that normal to you? Do you swipe up around a lot, or just in between apps? I would say I swipe in between apps the most, and that works just like the iPhone 10. You know, swipe on the bottom, um, slide across, go back, go forward. I do a lot with, like, LastPass, uh, password manager stuff. So, because um, I don't not, don't try, I try not to autofill. So, um, yeah, that seems to work really good. Um, I can't say that I'm a huge gesture user quite yet on the iPad. Um, but the uh, design from the iPhone translates to the ipad really well swipe down from the right you get your uh what is that called control center control center right and you can adjust everything um and then notifications swipe down from the left um works quite well um 
what I want to get into is like split screen and stuff like that. Um, but that kind of rolls into the software end of iOS. Um, and that's like a different discussion, I think. Uh, yeah. We're, we're due for a, an iOS upgrade that helps benefit the software on iPad a lot. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's coming. I mean, like it, I, I think this could be a computer replacement and I want it to be, um, there's just like, we're almost there. Yeah. Uh, so. I, I agree with you. And the, the price point and power of those iPads are approaching or surpassing that of equally priced computers, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even even double doubly priced MacBooks. Right. I mean, what was it? The I think... I can't remember the review site that did it, but when this came out, they compared the uh, single-threaded JavaScript browser load comparison to the iPad to the MacBook Pro and the iPad want uh, beat it if i remember correctly yeah the I, I at least read that with the iPhone 10s the the Apple's A12 chip is the first arm chip to support their 8.3 instruction set which has extra instructions for numbers the same way that javascript does it so uh, operations are much faster on the new a12, which is both the iPad Pro and iPhone XS and XR. So, super fast web device, that's for sure. Yep. See, that's why you're on the show. <laughs> what about USB-C? Uh, that is the most amazing thing. Like, I didn't believe it till I saw it. Because I, I'm, I want USB-C on everything. Um, it opens up so many avenues for tinkering with it to make it kind of a real computer. Um, earlier uh, in the last year, when I first got it, I was actually trying to set up a, a podcasting station where I just plugged in a USB-C mic uh, through an adapter, uh, and it, it worked. Like, the, it recognized the mic. I was able to record um, the it would be a perfect solo uh, recording station. Like if you wanted to record with a bunch of friends around one mic, it'd be great. Um, you can plug in a monitor and have a secondary display. Just need an adapter that does USB-C to Thunderbolt, or sorry, USB-C to uh, HDMI or uh, DisplayPort. Boom. Um, so. That gets me revved up, like, bring my iPad to work. My iPad is a secondary screen. Plug it into a 4K monitor. Boom. IDE on one. Secondary monitor on the other. Just get me a Bluetooth keyboard and go to town. Yeah. Um, like, ideally, that would be my iPhone, but I don't have that yet. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're getting there. You know, in, in time, I feel like tablets are going to be that avenue first. Mm -hmm. um, I think new on this iPad Pro is the USB port can drive more power. So I think the old uh, Lightning to USB adapter couldn't power like a high-powered USB device. Mm. And now uh, you can. So I wonder if I could plug my audio interface 
into a new iPad Pro if I could use it there for both sound output and input. What's, that's, your, what's your audio interface? I have a, the Focusrite Scarlett 2i2. Oh. So it's, it's 2XLR plus like a headphone and monitor. So Okay. Do you know if it shows up as a normal... Uh, uh, USB device, like, or are there specific drivers for it? Nope. On uh, Mac OS, I don't need to use any drivers. It, j- it just shows up using the standard. Is it? I don't know if it's the HID yeah. protocols or something. I don't know, know what yep. they're called. Yeah, it, it just shows up. I've I do have a Lightning to USB adapter for my iPad Pro, 2016, but mm-hmm. it you know shows a message saying it's drawing too much power. So. Mm. Now, to drive, like, my current microphone, which is a condenser, I need to use phantom power, which goes up to 48 volts. So it, it uses a fair amount of power, I think. But yeah. the new iPad Pro can charge an iPhone if it's plugged into it as well. So Yep, yep. I wonder. I could actually test that because I think I have the little Focusrite 2 uh, device uh, sitting in a drawer. Yeah. If you, if you do, let me know. I'd be really interested to find that out because then I could you know, carry this with me around without a laptop and I could mm-hmm. truly be iOS podcaster. There you go. Yeah. So the, the thing I ran into, um, and like I said, I USB right into it. I could podcast. Um, but what we're doing now, uh, to explain it to someone is we're using, uh, a mic to record and to, uh, make a phone call. So in iOS, it's very much resource control. One app can use the mic. The other app cannot use the mic. Um, and that's very generic terms. Yeah, the division of hardware resources. I think it's the same for a camera. And, um, yeah, that would make sense. And like full screen video you know, or video you can only play one video at a time i guess that's related to audio though too so right well you can do uh you can do background audio and because that like youtube has background audio if you're a paid uh subscriber so you can minimize a window uh a browser window or the app it'll play music in the background but i'm trying to think have i ever tried to watch like a video or play a game or do something that requires the the audio resource i would bet uh, YouTube shuts down. Yeah, I feel like um, I've had background audio on like my iPhone or iPad, and then done, you know, like a GIF on Reddit or something. If there's no audio track, it will play the video that's you know silent. But mm. as soon as I want to include audio, then it takes full control. Yep. Yeah, I know that's been. I've heard people arguing for better audio routing, and I hope that would be coming because that's really a professional level um capability that would open some doors to new opportunities on ios yeah it would put the pro and ipad pro right exactly <laughs> so uh you've mentioned it's kind of like a home home device what other what kind of what are the main uses you have for the ipad so main uses for the home device i have a smart home set up with uh now I kicked out Alexa and Google um, and the HomePods, 
uh, went on sale during Christmas last year. Uh, so I bought a couple of those um, to be my home devices because I believe in Apple's privacy stance um, until they're not making enough money and then they're going to change their tune. But I believe that yeah. in what they say. Um, and I, you know, I really don't know. Google makes money off us and Amazon makes money off us because we buy stuff. Uh, but I would, I'll tell you this, they're different, different podcasts, but their, uh, assistants are far ahead of Siri. Yeah. That's something I've consistently heard. I, uh, I use Siri just a little bit here and there and that's really all. So I have I have my smart home set up in Apple Home, so it's kind of the mission control of my house. So I have everything set up and rooms all separated and I can turn lights on and turn lights off and you know, it's kind of the device where like if uh I need to do something I can fiddle with it here. Um you could do it on your phone. You could now do it on your laptop if you have a uh the latest release but the ipad was primarily kind of my home mission control i want it to be jeeves at some point from iron man but uh yeah we'll get there um and like at some point i want this just sitting on the wall so anyone can walk up grab it and just kind of it, it's the home base station right um but other than that, it's uh, primarily content consumption. Like you said, YouTube, um, watching videos, uh, reading. I uh, do a lot of texture uh, magazines, um, Audible, and iBooks. Um, I primarily use it as my content consumption device. Um, and, of course, video games because you know, video games. Uh uh, and to be honest with you, that's like one of my favorite games um, is Hearthstone, which is a card game. Um, and I was just, I was waiting. I was like, okay, it's going to be the refresh rate uh, on this one uh, is 120 hertz when you're playing a game, uh, something that's driving it and something that the average user is probably never going to notice coming from the iPad uh, Air 2 to the iPad Pro uh seven nine which i used for a couple months in between uh to find out if i wanted to use the pencil or not um going to this one uh i thought oh this is going to be so great well the game was never updated for the modern screen and it mm. still to this date hasn't been updated so it's in a window borders on the side so it's like well the one the one game I play on this all the time, you know, if I've got five minutes, I'll, you know, while I'm cooking dinner or doing something, it's just not, it's not programmed for it. It's not designed for it. And I'm like, oh. That's unfortunate. It's, it's yeah. not an iPhone version that's blown up on the iPad, but it's for older iPads. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, the screen size changed. Um, yeah. So, so it still runs a little bit letterboxed. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's it's it it was designed for the iPad originally. Um, just it it fits better. And it took them a real long time to actually release a UI for the phone 
because mm. it was so hard to condense the the card game into a good usable UI on such a small screen. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a kitchen device. I use it. I get it dirty. Uh, you know, bake bread, look up my recipes, you know, find something online that I want to cook and it's sitting in the kitchen getting dirty and I really should put a case on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds well loved. Yeah. Um, and it's so light and portable. I mean, uh, why would you not use it if you, if you have access to one? Um, one thing, I, uh, jumping back uh, hardware-wise to compare this to the Air 2, um, I feel battery life is actually shorter. Um, mm. But I, it, it's really hard to, uh, to say because I, I feel like I use it more. Um, and I use the pencil more, which turns on that uh, 120 hertz uh, graphical refresh. So you're kind of using more power to get the screen to repaint uh, as fast as it can while you're using the pencil or, you know, drawing or anything like that. So um, my first initial week, two weeks with the device it felt like it was just constantly needed to be charged. Um, and it's toned off a little bit. Um, I would equate that to new Apple device. It's still syncing with iCloud and doing all this stuff. Yeah. But it feels like I need to charge it more often. Um, hmm. That's kind of like, in a car term, it's the butt dyno saying how fast it is. You don't really know because you never bring it to a dyno. You just drive the car and kind of say, yeah, it's this fast. Yeah. And it it kind of feels like it's more power hungry. Um, is this, so this is your, is this your home kit, home hub? Um, or do you have like an Apple TV that you use for that? So. Or the old is, iPad. I think it's the home hub. Um, I do have, we do have a couple uh, Apple TVs. Um, I don't really know how HomeKit is set up. Like, I don't know if there's a primary device that controls everything. Yeah. So, um, so I have, I have several Sylvania lights. I think they all use Bluetooth. So I use my Apple TV as the home hub thing. So when I'm controlling the lights, it's really sending a message to the Apple TV to tell all the lights to turn on and off. So if you used your iPad as the home hub, it's probably needing to stay somewhat connected to them as time goes on, which might use more power. Mm, interesting. So if you have an Apple TV fourth or fifth generation, yeah, we have the, the 4K. We have a 4K on our 4K TV. Yeah. So if that's within range, I would, you could try that. That might help with battery life a little bit. Mm. Um, you'll probably have to like reset up your whole house in HomeKit, but yay, <laughs> another thing to do. Yeah. Um, well, that, it's not a big deal because um, setting up stuff with HomeKit is super easy. The only thing that um, I would run into is I have a one or two devices that are ne that were never HomeKit supported, so I did a HomeBridge setup. Yeah, okay. And those are the ones that are finicky that like I have to go figure out. But uh, what you're talking about, I've got a couple uh, HomePods 
that just randomly disconnect and are become unresponsive. Hmm. So that could be related to if the iPad's not in range, um, because I did set everything up recently with the iPad. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to look into that. So are there um, any apps that you use that are pretty notable that you want to call out in your um, use, usage of the iPad? Well, I would say Hearthstone, but that's just a game. Yeah. Uh, it's one that I use a lot, right? Uh, but it's not iPad-specific. You just It's just a really good interface, touching cards and shuffling through decks and whatnot. But um, I have Paper, um, which is my drawing app. Um, okay. They before the actual actual Apple Pencil came out, Paper built a um, a pen that mimicked finger um, your your finger touch, and you could kind of draw with that. Um, so I never really have given up uh, drawing with that that app. Um, but I've also heard Procreate is another good almost probably pro level uh on the level of photoshop uh for the ipad um yeah i've heard procreate is wonderful yeah um i've heard good things about linea linea icon factory makes it i haven't used it i don't find myself much of a a drawer or doodler i don't Mm. i've never owned an apple pencil despite having an ipad that supports it i just i don't use an ipad for that so right I've heard of all these, but never actually used them myself. Um, I use, actually, Microsoft products. Um, OneNote works really well for scribbling notes down while you're in a meeting and then kind of drawing up architectural design uh, stuff. Quick little sketches and mock-ups for kind of wireframing and whatnot. Um, I haven't really expanded out quite yet. Um, I'm looking for uh, an app to do some markdown editing. Um, and Brandon actually just recommended or said he uses bear, um, yeah. which is a note, uh, a note app. Uh, can't really call out whether it's good or not. I just, I just downloaded it. Um, I'm going to try that. Uh, trying to think. Don't buy any iHome products. <laughs> their setup is horrible on the ipad or just on any ios device um uh texture is a good app if you read magazines um and you want to pay nine dollars a month to get quite a few magazines um played around with GarageBand, uh Fairlight if you want to try to record uh, podcasts or edit podcasts. Um, that's what Jason Snell uses. Uh, yeah. But I, I would say I don't have anything specifically for the iPad. Okay. Well, those are some, some notable apps still, I think. We'll yeah. have them all linked in the show notes for you. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube app, but, you know, everyone everyone has that, right? Yeah. Uh I saw today, or very recently, the YouTube app was updated to support the 1.75 times speed on the iOS version. It's been mm. on the web version for a couple of weeks now. That's the sweet spot for me. 
for yeah. getting through YouTube videos fast. I can do double time podcasts, but not quite video. Yeah, I can't say that I've ever adjusted the time length on uh, video before. I never even thought of doing that. I do it in Audible, like 2x or 1.5 oh, yeah. podcasts all the time. Yeah, I um, a lot of you know web players like the Netflix web player or anything. If it's using HTML HTML5 video, you can use a little JavaScript to change the speed of any video player as well. Mm. Nice. I think there are even some um, shortcut actions that you can build on iOS to do that automatically for you if you're on a page with a video. Well, do you have any final thoughts on the iPad? Um. Other than the fact I'm a fanboy and I love it, um, like I don't know if we talked about keyboards too much on this, uh, yeah. if it was pre-show or this. Um, I really want to try the Smart Folio keyboard um, or just connecting a Bluetooth keyboard to this to see if I can do software development on it, uh, mostly web development. Um that's kind of where I'm going with it. Uh, I, I do think it could be like your, as Apple said, your replacement for a computer. Most general consumers, if you, they check email, they check Facebook, they go online, send, you know, view a couple websites. It's amazing to do that. Um, but you could probably get away with their base level iPad and do the same thing. Um, but if you want a device that could grow into becoming a computer replacement, I think they're, I think we're there. Like the hardware, we're hardware. We're there. Um, the software is just not quite there yet. Um, like we talked about the resources and, uh, yeah, being able to run like a, uh, Xcode on it would be like amazing. Uh, yeah, full full development environments. Um, there are some apps like Pythonista and Scriptable that will let you run JavaScript and Python scripts. But um, and I think even in there, you can hook into the Objective C layer and run private APIs and things on. Oh, really? On device. Um, there's some really interesting stuff you can do there but it's not super documented. Um, so there are some IDEs, but it's not like you can run Node.js on your iPad. Right. So, right. yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we'll get there because I'd I'd love to be able to just, I don't know, do some Node or JavaScript development on my iPad. That'd be mm -hmm. a dream come true. Or run Ruby and, you know, build my personal Jekyll blog on on iPad and just quick format it a little bit or write a sure. post you should use gatsby but i've used gatsby a little bit yes so one other one other app i want to call out but it's really an ios app it's shortcuts um yeah which is like the ability to script some actions in ios um during christmas i had like you know the uh christmas lights you could turn on you could be like hey Siri, turn on Christmas or, you know, welcome to the party, pal. And like the lights would change based on whatever command you wanted. Um, I haven't done a lot with uh, 
iOS specifically on the iPad, but on my phone, I can be like, hey, I'm on my way home. And it'll text someone, uh, my better half, like when I'm going to be home, like ETA based on where I am and how traffic is and all that fun stuff. Um, Shortcuts is such a powerful app uh, for iOS. Um, I kind of want to dive into that on the iPad too. Because I think you can do some file manipulation stuff and send things to Dropbox. and uh, Yeah, there, there are a lot of actions. Um, and now, because it is first party, because Apple bought Workflow a yep. year and a half ago, um, more apps can more or more apps are supporting it than before. Um, and with iOS 12 or its sh- shortcuts too, um, you can now run arbitrary JavaScript in a web page. So you can automate scraping things or just open a blank web page and run a bunch of JavaScript and then jump back after doing some computation. There's some crazy stuff that you can do in that app. And I think we can look to iOS 13 this summer for hopefully some new iPad Pro features. Mm-hmm. Um, iOS 9 added uh, split screen and some more... Um, multitasking features for the iPad and iOS 11 added drag and drop and the kind of the hover over, um, and a little bit of a redesign with the new dock, um, in apps. And so I think it's kind of, they're on an every other year for adding new, you know, pro features to iOS. Mm -hmm. And this would be their year to double down on software. Yeah, definitely. That's all I have. Yeah. That's all that's all I have for a non iPad Pro user. <laughs> yeah. Well, where can we find you on the internet for oh, uh, hearing about thoughts on new I- on your iPad as you're uh, using it? You can find me uh on Twitter, 8 Aaron. Um and I'm did a blog this year, um, just at Braggins.com. Um it's mostly gonna be just me trying to blog I have no idea if I'm going to continue to do it, but I got my first post hello world out there. So that's a start. It's a start. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brian Mitch L or my website, Brian M dot me. The second opinion is licensed under a creative common license. So please feel free to use this episode. Um, just provide some credit. Uh, you can discuss this episode on our subreddit, which is r slash the Nexus TV. And, uh, if you like what we're doing, feel free to stop by our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash TV. Um, and with that, have a good one. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. The Nexus. The Nexus. The Nexus TV. Podcasts from, from the, the Technological, technological convergence. convergence. Technology is ever-evolving. It touches every part of our lives, both influencing and being influenced by society. I'm Ian Arbuck, and I know it's hard to stay on top of everything you need to know to live in this digital world. That's why, every month on The Extra Dimension, we explore a different aspect of the technological convergence. Find it on our website, thenexus.tv, or by searching for The Extra Dimension in your favorite podcast player.